Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Thanks for being here. Podcast 243 for Maximize Your Influence. Kurt Mortensen here. As we get down and dirty today, as we talk about some of the dark and dirty influence techniques that are happening out there. But before we do a little housekeeping, of course, everything can be found at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. The archives are available at InfluenceUniversity.com. And of course, the free book offer for Maximum Influence is at LawsOfInfluence.com. It's been quite a hectic week. Been doing webinars all week. I don't know what the deal is. A lot of different webinars just kind of hit in one week, different parts of the world. And hey, if you want a webinar for your people, you get at least 100 people, I'll do it for free. Let me know at Kurt, K-U-R-T, at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Let's dive into it with our geeky article. And this might have the duh factor to it. This is out of the University of Illinois at Chicago and the Social, Psychological, and Personality Science Journal. <laughs> I'm sure you have that one. And the article is, Why Can Some Politicians Lie and Get Away With It? <laughs> well, I think they're all liars. But anyway, some get away with it, some don't. Some do some things and the media loves it, and some people do things and the media hates it. The new study suggests people have more leniency for those lies when they bolster a shared belief that a specific political stance is morally right. <laughs> okay? So they said it, it appears that lives are perceived by supporters are acceptable and necessary when they achieve a high moral end. Right? When they have your same party and they lie, it's okay. They'll find out a reason why well, it's their private life, their public life. It's okay. The ends justify the means. And it seems, just my personal opinion, it's not what is right anymore, but if your party said it, right, then it becomes right. Now, if the other party says that it's wrong and evil and a lie, but if your party says it, then it's okay. The ends justify the meat. Now, everyone said it's good to be honest, and you're supposed to be honest, but when it was your politician, your party, then it was okay. But if it was the other party, the studies found that they were condemned it was wrong. Bottom line, they found out it was the cause which causes it to be fair or not, to make it a, a good lie or a bad lie, I guess we could put it that way. And this is ripping on both parties equally, which it should, because it's come down to, if it's not your party, it's wrong, it's immoral, they're liars, but if it's your party, it's okay, you know, just this once, everybody has a lie now and then, that's what the studies found. In fact, this last election, and again, they've done this with both parties, where they bring in someone in, hey, it's your candidate, it's your party. And they're like, wow, they were awesome. I'd vote for them. And then they oh, I'm sorry, it's the other party. And then they're like, whoa, I'm not voting for them. And so the change was because of the party, not because of the person. Interesting stuff from social, psychological, and personality science. So let's get into the blunder. Homer, go. Go, go, go. This one, I think we've talked about it before, it's called self-negotiating. And we get stuck with this sometimes, especially when there's silence or RBF. You know what RBF is? Look it up. That can cause people to self-negotiate. 
So I already met with the CEO. They were good to go with the numbers. Everything looked good. And they that one final meeting, everything coming together. Here's the number, which was actually a percent. Here it is, the final presentation, final numbers. And then there was silence, a little RBF. And remember, the CEO's good to go. But the person's like, oh, okay. Instead of 3%, we could do two and three quarters. Now we can do this, this, and this. Silence. Okay, two and a half, we do this, this, and this, right? Two and a quarter, all the way down to 2%. The CEO was happy with 3%, but you can't negotiate with yourself like that. It's okay to have a little silence. And if it's too much silence, ask a question, maintain control of the conversation, the negotiation, the persuasive situation, but be very, very careful. Silence doesn't mean no. It means they're thinking about it or it's just a technique they use to get better deals. Don't self-negotiate. Especially when there are a lot of emotions in the room. There's silence. There's thinking. In fact, if you want to know about negotiations and emotion, go back to podcast 142 where we talked about how emotions could hijack negotiations. But we're taking a little bit different turn from a viewer email. This is from Steve from Washington State says, Kurt, a while back you talked about the dirty deeds of negotiating and influence. Can you review those again? I'm going into a big negotiation next week, and I know they're going to be dirty and try to take advantage of me. All right, Steve, let's get into the dirty deeds, but promise me, everybody promise me, I'm not going to teach you the dark and dirty influence techniques so you can use them. No, there's old school, they're dark, they cross the line, but you need to be aware of them because they still teach them out there. And if you're not ready for them and you get blindsided by one of these, it can really hurt your ability to negotiate and influence. Now, some of these aren't as dirty as others. I mean, some are blatantly dirty and evil influence techniques. And some, eh, you might say, that's not that big of a deal. I've done that one before. You're going to have to judge on this one. For example, the first one, probably not that dirty. We see it all over the world. It's the flinch. They're trying to adjust your expectations about the negotiation, about the number, about the product. So you say it's $10,000, they fall off their seat, their eyes get wide, they get shocked. That's highway robbery. No matter what number you come up with, they're going to flinch. It's just who they are. It's what they do. So with the flinch, what do you do? It's a solution. Ignore it. They've been trained to do it. Keep your emotions in check. Don't get upset. And come back with a question. What did you expect to invest? When somebody does a dirty influence technique like this, you know, coming back with a question can be very, very helpful. What did you expect to invest? And when you ask the right question, you can find out is it just a knee-jerk reaction they were trained to do, or is this a serious objection that they could have? Another one, they might bring in a heckler just to push your buttons, throw you off guard, get control. They might say something, that was a stupid thing to say. How old are you? Do you always have to get your way? Right? They're just throwing things at you, being very negative, condescending. What's the solution? You know, always stay in control. It's just adult teasing. They're trying to get a reaction. The only reason you tease someone is to get a reaction. Agree with them. Move on. Yeah, that was a dumb thing to say. Don't put any fuel on the fire. Then you get the higher authority. Well, I have to talk to so-and-so, my partner, my spouse. I'd like to, but I can't because I need to, right, fill in the blank there. If it were up to me, I'd do it, but, right, why do people do this? Well, they might be buying time. They might be fishing for concessions. And it might be true. Maybe they have to. So you need to figure out, are they buying time or is this legit? So maybe up front, find out, well, who's going to be involved in the final decision? Well, let's set an appointment. We'll talk to them together. Agree on a deadline when you need to have the answer. Ask them specifically who they need to talk to. If they say, well, everyone, (laughs) 
you know, it's probably a knee-jerk reaction, but if there's a specific person and you know exactly what they need to talk to them about, then you know it's a legitimate objection. And side note here, never let them persuade that person. Try to be there to persuade that person because if you ask them to persuade for you, they're not going to do a good job. This one I call the press. In your face, trying to gain control. You're going to have to do better than that. I must have this amount or no deal. You need to decide right now. You have two minutes. I mean, really in your face, being aggressive, trying to gain control. What's the solution? Again, you're in control. It's not bothering you. They're trying to push your buttons. Ask, well, how much more do you need? Really, what is your basis for saying that? And what's the reason for us to make a decision in the next five minutes? See where we're going with this? Coming back with a question. You're staying in control. You're not letting it get to you. This is what I call the low ball. It could be the high ball too. I'm going to pay 250000 Take it or leave it. Or when you give them your number, you've got to be kidding. No, it's worth this. They're just trying to intimidate or change your expectations when they're coming up with these ridiculous numbers where they want you to make a decision. Again, we're in control. Well, what is your rationale? You could smile, laugh. You could say something like, all right, really, let's get down to business. Or you might just ask them, where did you get that number? How did you get that number? And that's going to tell you a lot. I call this one the shocking behavior. Yes, adults will have temper tantrums. They might pout. They throw insults at you. could be a distraction. It could be made up. It could be real. When uh, emotions hit and people get angry, blood leaves the brain. We've talked about these emotions before. Strange things happen. Remember the Chinese proverb that when a man's ideas or woman ideas run out, they're the first to attack, you know, emotionally attack. They have no other options. They know what to do. They get angry. They get upset. They huff and puff. They use profanity, whatever you want to call it. It's real. They will do that. So you got to gauge, okay, is this a real temper tantrum? Are they just getting angry to try to get something from me? They might be trying to force concession. They don't know what else to do. They're confused or upset. It's real. It happens. So use a little silence. Ignore it. Give them a little time and then resume. Don't let them make their problem your problem. You know, I can see. I understand. However, in control, not getting upset. Do we need a break? Something that simple. Then there's the famous nibble. What happens is psychologically, all right, we're done. Let's do it. Let's do the deal. But you need to include this. So at the very last second, they're doing this. They're, they're nibbling. And eventually, if you nibble enough, you get the whole meal, right? They're just nibbling a little bit at a time. Well, what about adding? It's a deal provided you do this. It's a game. It's a last-minute concession. So mentally, you're like, oof, we did it. And then they're asking for another concession. They're going to catch you off guard. They might make you feel stupid or cheap. Really, you won't include this. You won't double this. You won't provide this. So you got to be careful to nibble. My favorite thing is nibble back. All right, I'll give you that. But when you're given a concession, you got to ask for another concession. So nibble back. Or you might say, oh, I don't have the authority to provide that, to give you that, to do that. Or you might say, look, are you kidding? You got an incredible deal. Look what you got and review the deal if they're trying to make you feel cheap or dumb. Now, similar to that, I call it the add-on. It's just greedy. They're fishing. They're lying, too. You did say that was included, didn't you? So you provide the insurance, right? I understand the piano comes to the house, doesn't it? You see what they're doing there? You never talked about these things. Now, if you really don't care, it's a simple, basic thing. Give it to them. Win the deal. But if it's a big deal, you'd say something like, we'd have to go back to the beginning to address that. No, I'm sorry you misunderstood. Let me just kind of review the price. I offered includes this, this, and this. In control and not getting emotional. Another dirty influence in negotiation technique is the mix-up. If you accidentally get a email you weren't supposed to get, right? You were BCC'd on an email that talks about you and the negotiation and how you've got all the cards or 
something you weren't supposed to know. You accidentally got this email. Really? It's very deceitful. It's a last-ditch effort. They're trying to adjust something in your brain. If something like this happens, ignore it. Do the opposite. Whatever you need to do. They still train on these things. And so if you get an email you weren't supposed to get, delete it, disregard it, or do the opposite. You don't need to mention it. Just pretend you didn't get it. The old pity play. Oh, my wife's pregnant. My car needs a transmission. My mom's in the hospital. Okay, pity play. I don't know if they're true or not. Do you want to be known as this type of person? They're trying to get sympathy. They might threaten you with bad public relations. It's emotional blackmail. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if these things are true. Probably not. They might be. I mean, you could show a little empathy. I'm sorry. However, that has nothing to do with this negotiation. You can show a little empathy. Main thing is to separate the problem from the negotiation. Don't let them push your buttons. Don't let them make their problem your problem. And the one we know that we see in all the movies, the good cop, bad cop, they still teach it, where there's somebody mean and vindictive, they use a profanity, I know where you live, you're lying to me, I'm going to choke you, whatever it is. Maybe not that bad. That's what they do in the movies, right? It's intimidation, it's very old school. Then the good cop comes in and is your friend and brings you coffee and donuts and you're more likely to open up to the good cop. It's kind of a contrast thing, the law of contrast for maximum influence. So they still teach it. What do you do? Silence and then move on. My favorite thing to do in this situation is identify it. Are you guys doing good cop, bad cop? Because it really seems like you are. That stops the tactic real fast. You might get these emotional jabs. This is so upsetting to me, I could scream. I'm so humiliated you'd offer that low amount. Do you think I'm a moron? They're trying to trigger your emotions, catch you off guard. They probably have run out of things to talk about. They don't know what to do. It's, it's their last persuasion tool. What's the solution? Hey, apologies, cheap. I'm sorry. I apologize. That was not my intent. Or you could call them out. I'm surprised you're upset. What is exactly are you upset about? And fish and find out. Is it just a knee-jerk reaction? Or are they truly upset? Stay in control. You're not getting upset. The rule is only one person upset at a time, and it shouldn't be you. Check your ego at the door. Critical when you're getting these dirty deeds, these dark and dirty influence techniques. Then there's just pure intimidation. Your meeting's at 10. They make you wait and wait. You feel dumb. You wait. Or they say, hey, sit down. I have one more phone call to make. They invite you in. Well, it's a power play. They don't have a lot of tools. When that happens, you just might want to reschedule. I'm very busy. Do we need to reschedule? And you always have to ask yourself, do you want to negotiate with this person? If they're starting off with these type of techniques, do you want to? Sometimes you have to. Sometimes you don't have a choice. But sometimes you might just want to walk away. So if you have to have this meeting, you need to be there. You've waited two months for this appointment. Just endure it. Use this prep time. Don't let it bother you. If they have one more phone call to make, you make a phone call, right? Whatever you need to do, just don't let it get to you. Then there's pure confrontation. What's your final price? Give me your best deal. Let's cut to the chase. Very aggressive in your face. Basically, they probably want you to go first because they haven't done their research or they're not prepared or this is their only tool in their toolbox. So if they're in your face like that, what's your final price? Just in control. What price are you looking for? Or you can say, okay, well, make me an offer. <laughs> or you just smile and say, wait a minute, you skipped a turn. This is negotiation. I'm supposed to go, then you go, I go, you go. Let them know that you're not falling for it. It's not going to bother you. Then there's the mind game. Oh, the good old mind games. You look terrible. Were you up all night? Have you gained weight? <laughs> they might smoke in a non-smoking room. They might turn up the temperature it might be noisy. They might attack you or your ideas. It's a psychological game. 
They still train people to saw off the legs of a chair so you're about a half inch shorter than everyone else or an inch shorter and it's under the radar. You just feel a little inferior, a little shorter. They might order food and not offer you any mind games. These are all mind games. They're trying to get under your skin. This is one where you can identify the tactic. If your chair is short, is there any reason why my chair is short than everyone else? Or just get another chair or if they make you sit in the sun, move. Okay. Or say, can we switch chairs tomorrow? I got the shorter chair today. Identify it. Okay. Not going to offer you food. Go out and get food. They're just playing the game. They're smoking in a non-smoking room and it doesn't bother you. You just keep going. If it does, just ask them politely not to smoke or set off the fire alarm. I guess that's something you could do too, to get things back in control. Just mind games. Another one we see is the phony offer, especially we see this one in real estate. So if you're selling your home for 300, then the first offer coming in is 200, then 220, then 180, 185, 205. This is very deceitful because everybody that's giving you these low, low offers are from the same company, the same place. They're trying to mess with your brain because you're going to think, well, maybe it's not worth 300. Just make sure you've done your research and you know your numbers. Or sometimes they'll say, great, I'll take it. And they're just trying to tie it up. They're trying to see if they really want the property. Make sure you get a deposit or you get something signed because they might not ever do it, which is similar to the slow no. I'll get back to you. Can you give me three weeks? They're just buying time, looking for other options. They're not quite sure. If that's true, give them a deadline. Keep the other interested parties. Create more urgency. You've got to give a deadline because they're just trying to buy time. Here's another dirty one called split the difference, which is a common technique. But this is a double split the difference. This is what happens. All right, I'm at 100,000 and you're at 80. Let's split the difference at 90. Are you okay with 90? Oh, yeah, 90. All right, 90. It works. Great. So you're at 90 and I'm at 80, right? So split the difference, that would make it 85. And you're like, wait a minute. What just happened here? And they'll play dumb and stupid. They're just doing the old bait and switch. And you probably should walk in that situation or say, hey, that's the oldest trick in the book. Or say, wait a minute, let me explain split the difference to you and stay in control. Like, what? What do you mean? You said you were at 90. Very dirty deed. Then there's thin slicing, they call it, because if you thin slice the ham, you eventually get the whole ham. And they're going to thin slice you until they get everything they want. But they'll just do a little bit at a time. I'm just asking for a little one more percent. You won't even miss this. They're going to wear you down a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. They're going to thin slice you until they have everything. So you got to thin slice back, keep good records, and say, look, this is the seventh time you've asked for this, and that's actually 7%. Keep the numbers, put a value on things to make sure they're not getting the whole ham. Here's one they still train on, what if? What if I paid cash today? What if I tripled the order? What if I could close on the house by the end of the month? They're fishing. They're looking for concessions. But this is what happens. So if they say, well, what if I triple the order? Well, then I could do it at 20 cents a unit. Okay, well, I can't triple the order, but I want it at 20 cents a unit. Well, if I paid cash, well, I could take 10% off. Well, I don't have cash, but I want the 10% off. If you haven't seen that one, you will. What's the solution? Ask them, is this a hypothetical question? Are you willing to place a larger order? Can you pay cash today? So you need to follow up those questions to make sure they're not just fishing trying to get a better deal. Then there's good old amnesia. <laughs> we never talked about that, or they'll deny an earlier concession. It could be buyer's remorse. It could be a lie. It's 
very, very important that you review your notes. If you're going to a second, third, fourth negotiation, review your notes. Review key points before each session. This is our agreement so far. So key thing is take the note and make sure to review them and you can go back and say, nope, we haven't talked about that. There's the old bait and switch. So you decide on the price. Say 300000 All right, great. I'll come back with a cashier's check tomorrow. And you're like, wow, that's great. So mentally, you put your guard down. It's done. And they come back with cashier's check for $290,000. That's all they could get. That's the most. It's very dishonest. They're playing you. They want you to say, okay, whatever, I'll take it. But you can't let that happen. Call their bluff. Walk away. Restart the negotiation. Well, no, it's three hundred. How are you going to give me the other ten thousand? I'll take a credit card. I'll do this or walk. Right? Those are all things that you can do. Sometimes you get people to switch sides. You see this at car dealerships all the time. You're right. My boss is a jerk. I wouldn't do this. I'm quitting this job. I don't like. Right? They're trying to get you to think you're on the same side. Get you to reveal more information. When that happens, is like, all right, let's get a solution. Don't play their game. Don't call people names. What would you do? Should I walk? Don't let your guard down and think that they're on your side because if they do that, they're definitely not on your side. And final one, be very careful of this, is the oops. We've got a deal. We'll make the final change and print out the 20-page contract and you'll look at the change. It's been changed, but they changed other things. They might change a word or how did that get in there? It's very deceitful, very dark, very dirty. I know you don't want to hear this, but whenever... Someone is printing out something again. You got to read the whole thing again because if they had had control of it, if they made a a change here, they could change a word. They could change a number. And of course, you only look at that change. You didn't look at the whole document. You sign it. You could be up a creek. So those are some of the dark and dirty deeds, those influence techniques negotiators and persuaders use. Please don't use them, but be aware. Stay in control. Use a lot of questions. Just knowing that they're doing these techniques to use can give you a lot of confidence to really help you understand the world of persuasion and influence. So that's our podcast today. Thanks for being here. Steve, thanks for your question. Being aware of these is going to make you a better negotiator, better influencer, and help you go out and persuade with power. 